Welcome to Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. I'm Federica Cherubini, the Head of Leadership De- Development at the Institute. After testing the waters during the 2016 US presidential campaign, the New York Times launched The Daily in January 2017. Almost four years later, The Daily is the most successful news podcast with 4 million downloads per day sparking a gold rush among other publishers. Why are daily news podcasts so attractive for news organizations? Which kinds of audiences listen to them? Are they expensive to produce? And are they still growing in the age of coronavirus? These are some of the questions we will explore in this episode. Our guest today is Nick Newman. Nick is a senior research associate at the Institute and the lead author of daily news podcast Building New Habits in the Shadow of Coronavirus, a new report on the rise of this format in six countries. Nick, welcome and thank you for being with us today. Absolute pleasure. Very nice to talk to you, Federica. Your research suggests that daily news podcasts punch above their weight. Why do you think they do? I think... Um, there's obviously a huge amount of interest in news right now, so that's one reason. I think the other reason is to do with um, frequency. So uh, these are new episodes that land in your feed every day. So they're kind of constantly reminding you to listen. And uh, so many other podcasts historically have been maybe weekly or even monthly. And what we've seen over the last um, few years is the sort of frequency has got much greater. Certainly this whole new format of news podcasts has emerged. You know, news was never really a podcast thing because uh, it was, you know, not considered It was, too, it was too timely, you know, it was, by the time you downloaded it, it was out of date, but suddenly <laughs> news podcasts um, really work and they're really resonating with consumers. And what we found was, you know, 1% of the total production and in some countries up to 10% of the top episode listening. So that's how much it's punching above its weight. But not all daily news podcasts are created equal. Um, the kind of deep dive of around 25 minutes popularized by the daily has proved particularly successful and has been widely adopted by other publishers, but it's not the only format out there. Could you explain which other formats you've identified in your research? Yeah, we, we sort of started to do this in a report we did last year and we've sort of extended that model out. So the deep dive, um, as you say, that's sort of the Daily New York Times really popularized that. And when we talk to people, um, to publishers around the world who've used that format, they were all really inspired by it and, you know, studied it and, and sort of took it further. So typically that's kind of 25 minutes. It's the length of an average commute. And, you know, there's examples like Please Explain, Sydney Morning Herald, Today in Focus, The Guardian, uh, Genstart, a very successful new deep dive pop podcast from Danish broadcasting. Uh, but then you've also got um, the extended chat. So this is, you know, these can go on for 90 minutes or longer, and it's kind of slightly different. It's kind of letting your hair down at the end of the day, maybe. So newscast from the BBC is an example of that. Uh, then you have sort of news roundups. This is really, I guess, people are looking to very concisely tell people what's happened and people sort of fit it into their morning routine. So something like FT news briefing or um, from the newsroom uh, from, from um, uh, news.com in Australia would be an example. And then finally, you've got this sort of new segment of very, very short, what we're calling micro bulletins. 
And uh, these provide, again, a very quick summary of the, of the day's news. They're very much aimed at smart speakers and new distribution from Spotify. My Daily Drive is another way in which um, these very short bulletins are getting a lot of distribution. And looking across the six countries, your report identifies 102 daily news podcasts, of which 37 were launched in the last year. What are the reasons behind this gold rush? I think podcasts just generally is is a really interesting area for many publishers. And, and I think a lot of it goes back to the audience profile. So, so what we see is that people who are listening to podcasts tend to be younger, they tend to be affluent, and this is really the audience that many publishers are chasing, particularly subscription publishers. So they see it, um, I think, primarily as a pipeline, as a way of starting that engagement journey so that they might eventually become subscribers. The New York Times, for example, talks about this openly. It's making money from the advertising side, but then in addition to that, it's kind of engaging a whole new generation that it hopes will become subscribers. Um, so I, I think, um, and a lot of other publishers say the same thing. Um, it's, it's, it's also, I think, about the way in which these, uh, in which audio is really able to engage people in deeper ways than digital media has traditionally been able to do. So you spend a very short amount of time on a website, but you spend 25 minutes a day with a podcast like um, like the Daily from the New York Times. And, and that is really, really valuable um, because ultimately, you know, that's what advertisers want. They want engaged audiences and they want to be able to talk to those engaged audiences. I'm sure... Uh, many publishers, many news executives listening to this episode uh, and, and words just now are considering whether it's worth launching the daily news podcast. Um, but if they work for a legacy newspaper, this might require hiring new people, building resources they don't currently have. You've talked to so many uh, publishers um, across the, the last couple of years. Which kind of things should publishers do before starting a news podcast operation? Well, I mean, I think the, the key thing is to sort of look at the market. If you look at the US right now, it's obviously very, very crowded. I mean, we've, we've documented 51 of these sort of native daily news podcasts. So you, if you're going to launch a new one, you have, to, you have to have something to say that's different and distinctive because people have built up habits and they're going to the daily, for example, or to um, you know, some of the other um, uh, podcasts that have been around for a long time. And so it's very hard to sort of switch out of that. I think the, um, so yeah, being really clear about, about why. I think the other thing is the, yeah, the cost and the format. So what is the audience need that you're satisfying? Are you trying to give people a quick update at the beginning of the day, or are you trying to really showcase the best of your journalism? So being really clear about what type it is, going back to the four types we talked about. Uh, and then, being disciplined about providing that format and that need every day. So if it's a daily, if it's a news briefing, for example, you know, eight minutes, how can you really concisely give people something consistently every day that they're going to come back for? And in terms of the costs, obviously you've got, you know, studios to think about, you've got, um, you know, hiring staff. If you're going to the daily dive space, you've got to think about, some of the um, some of the additional skills you might need around sort of, for example, sound design. These are sort of new skills. If you're going for a daily briefing, it can probably be a bit more templated. Uh, so there will be different cost models you've got to bear in mind as well. And then finally, you've got to think about the revenue. So are you going for 
uh, advertising revenue, going for sponsorship? Um, uh, are you basically just using this as a marketing uh, um, uh, experience so that people really get to know your brand? So, so all of there's quite a lot to think about in all. And what about the platforms um, in which this can happen? You mean the how you how do you distribute your podcast? How do you get yes. this? Kind of, this is yes. this is how to choose. Yeah, challenge. again, talking to publishers. Um, you know, they're very comfortable with producing content, but actually getting it out and hitting your audience is the tricky bit. And I think, you know, traditionally it's been about Apple. So most of the people who've been consuming podcasts have uh, had Apple devices because Apple put the podcast app on the front of its um, of all of its devices it has been there since 2014. And it's really only in the last few years that you've seen other sort of distribution. So Google's got really interested um, both with its own podcast app, but also now you can surface it through through search. Uh, the big move has been Spotify. So in the last few years, Spotify have invested hundreds of millions of dollars in podcast production, podcast distribution, algorithms, and that's having a really significant impact now in many countries. In fact, in some of the countries, you now have more people listening via Spotify than you do uh, through, through Apple. So there are more ways to distribute your content, but there's no substitute for having unique, distinctive content that engages people. And most people still basically listen to podcasts that other people tell them about. So, you know, the best recommendation is still word of mouth, amazingly. So it is up to the content and the value of that content fundamentally. Your report focuses on six countries, the US, the UK, France, Australia, Sweden, and Denmark. Could you walk us through the differences you found um, in the podcast space in those countries? I mean, I think they're, they're really significant, actually. And you know, people in, in our digital news report, we see, you know, 30% of people in most countries now who say they consume podcasts over, over, over a month, but actually that hides enormous differences in terms of sophistication of the market. So I've already mentioned that there are 51 daily news podcasts in the US. Okay, it's a big country, but, you know, it is an incredibly sophisticated industry now. Um, and the monetization is really there now as well. So advertisers, because the sort of consumer demand is there, and the range and quality of the podcast is there, the advertisers have really piled in as well. Um, so, you know, there are lots of opportunities to make money and find audiences. In smaller markets um, like Denmark, for example, or in even large markets like France, you've got a lot of people interested in podcasts, but the sort of business side hasn't yet caught up. And so very few podcasts in parts of Europe are really making, smaller countries in Europe are making money. Um, and so that's one one difference. So you've got small markets on the one side uh, and you've got very large markets like the US on the other side and you've got a sort of sophistication uh, on the advertising side and differences on the other side too. As we know, lockdowns alter the daily routines of millions of people around the world. Um, and this has also had an impact in podcast listening patterns. Um, what have you learned about this? Yeah, well, one of the things we, we know about news podcasts is people, uh, and they were specifically aimed at the commute. So they were aimed at, you know, your 25 minute on the bus, on the train, uh, in the car. And that's where the majority of listening happened. So either on the morning commute or on the evening commute. So what happened? Uh, well, the commute for many people disappeared in lockdowns. And we have a chart in the report which shows 
what happened, uh, you won't be surprised, you know, complete flattening of the curve, essentially. Um, but what's really interesting is after an initial dip, the podcast audiences came back. They were just listening at different times. Uh, as you, you and I probably know all too well, there are many, you know, hours of the day, dead time, time when you're doing other things, when you're going for your daily walk. And podcasts are perfect for that as well. So what we've seen is people continuing to consume daily news podcasts because they really want to know about what's happening and particularly around coronavirus, um, but they're just doing it in different places at different times of day. So the curve has flattened. Overall, we found that consumption for news has grown and grown significantly for most of these publishers during that period, which uh, you know su surprised many because people were really worried that the whole podcast boom would turn to bust as the commute uh, disappeared. Do you think that will had any consequences on the formats? Because if, you know, you described before um, the audience needs, um, and in some cases, this daily bulletin in the morning are about, you know, you get started with your day and that it's the beginning of the day, you go, it's the end of the day of the commute, and so you go home. Do you think that changing habits will and, and, and listening patterns will eventually impact um, the formats? I mean, that's that's a really good question. We And we obviously did see big changes in formats with sort of pop-up coronavirus um, output in many countries. Uh, so, you know, you saw, um, uh, you know, you saw new podcasts specifically looking at coronavirus of all kinds of different lengths and different formats. Uh, you saw some very, very long ones indeed. You saw some like um, a coronavirus BBC podcast that then went on to television. So that was actually there was a lot of innovation in terms of how people thought about the story, about length. You saw some daily news podcasts becoming coronavirus podcasts and dropping other elements. And I think, you know, this has definitely made people think much more about what people really need at particular times of day the big question is are we going to go back to the old habits you know uh, if we get the vaccine let's hope then more people will be going back to the office maybe not as much as before uh, and so one would expect those peaks to 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 return but interestingly we are still seeing morning peaks um, so people still have that sort of core audience need to brief themselves at the beginning of the day whether they're at home or in the office Thank you very much, Nick, and thank you for being with us today. Our guest today is Nick Newman. Um, Nick is a senior research associate at Institute and the lead author of daily news podcast, Building New Habits in the Shadow of Coronavirus, a new report on the rise of this format in six countries. You can read the report on our website or download a PDF version for free. Make sure to follow our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or on our homepage. Thank you for listening to The Future of Journalism. I'm Federica Cherubini. We'll be back soon. Mm -hmm.